We begin to narration on base, Din Malachos Hamutarim Bahasurim Lahaschal Bayrav Shabbos. Which Malachos are mutter and which ones are usher to begin on Erev Shabbos? Kadeshi and Digmarim Bishabbos, however, they're going to continue and finish on Shabbos itself. So we learned earlier in Resh Mem Vav that there's a machlokus between Beis Hillel, Beis Shammai regarding the Shvisas Kalim. Am I allowed to have my Kalim do work for me on Shabbos? And the Psak was according to the vast majority of Achronim, and this was the ruling of the Mishnah Bura, that we pass like Beis Hillel, that uh, having my Kalim do Malacha is not a problem at all. However, we're going to learn that if through my Kli doing Malacha for me, makes it that it's it's jeopardizing or it's it's creating a cheshash that I might do malacha myself, so then even Beis Hillel would say it's Aser. So let's discuss now what malachas are mutter to begin on Erev Shabbos, knowing that they're going to continue on Shabbos, but that's okay because Ein Metzuvah Shvisa's Kalim. And when do we say that the malacha should be avoided so I don't come to do the malacha myself? Says the Mechaber. You're allowed to begin a malacha on Erev Shabbos right before sunset, even though you're not able to finish it before Shabbos comes in. And it will continue and it will finish by itself on Shabbos. So what's an example of this? Says the Mechaber Kagon, Lishros Nishrim if on Arab Shabbos you soak dio as ink or herbs to make a dye in water, and they were going to continue soaking the entire Shabbos, that's mutter. Velases unin perushagudos, or to put bundles of pishtan, of flax, latanor into the oven before Shabbos begins, kedeshi is labnu, in order so they should dry out. Velases tzemer letochayoro she'eno al ha'esh, or to place wool inside of a big vat that's no longer on the fire. V'hitucha betit, and that has to be covered with some kind of plaster, where it's not easy to open. Sh'im hi ala eish, osir shem yechata. Shem yechata. Now this is a term we're going to find over and over again, especially once we get to simon ration and gimel, where there's a concern that if something's on the fire, you might stoke the coals, you might be eager to watch it cook or progress faster. That's Shem Yechata. Perish you might reveal the coals and then stoke them with a special shovel. So that's why it has to be only off the fire, then you're allowed to leave the wool in that Yorah from before Shabbos. And even if the pot is no longer on the fire, im eno if it's not tucha betit, if it doesn't have this plaster around it, it would still be aser shem because if you could open it up easily, you might stir it with a ladle. And by stirring a pot, even if it's off the fire, as long as it's still the kli rishon, you're expediting the cooking and you're chayiv mishum mavashel. It's a form of cooking. So, so far, three examples the Mechaber gave. Number one was soaking the, uh, the ink or the dye or the, the herbs to make the dye in water, and it's going to continue soaking throughout Shabbos. The second example was placing the bundles of flax in the oven, and it's going to continue drying out in the oven throughout Shabbos. 
And the third example was placing wool into a big vat. So there we said, if it's on the fire, it's a problem because Shem Yechata, you might stoke the coals on Shabbos. And even if it's off the fire, but it's not Tucha Betit, you might open it up and stir it, which is a form of Bishol. So when it comes to the third example of the wool in the Yorah, it's only mutter if it's off the fire and it's Tucha Betit. And we'll have to explore why is this different in the case of the, the Pishtun in the oven, that we don't need a Tucha Betit. We'll see it in the Mishnah Baro. Says the Mechaber further, it's also mutter to set up traps to catch wild animals or birds or fish, and they'll become trapped on Shabbos. That's mutter as well. It is also permissible to sell something to a non-Jew, uh, even though he'll be bringing it out, he'll be carrying it out of your house right before Shabbos. As long as he's actually leaving your house before Shabbos commences. Says the Ramah, Some were more lenient, and they say he's even allowed to leave your home on Shabbos if you were you specified a place in your house that this should be in the jurisdiction of the non-Jew. But others are machmer, we'll see later on in Shin Chafei, more on the subject of having a non-Jew uh, carry things out of your house on Shabbos. Let's take a look here at the Mishnah Baruch. Sifkot and Aleph. Lishros Dio, you're soaking the ink. B'Shabbos Osir Mishum Megabel. To do this on Shabbos itself would be an Isser Diraisa of Megabel, of Lush. It's a form of kneading. Because the little pieces of the, the ink are mixing together with the water. And that's creating uh, some kind of mush, which is gibul. That's part of the kneading process. And others say that it should be aser and Shabbos to, to place the, uh, the dio or the samanim into the water because of tzaveya. It's a form of dyeing. However, whether or not the Isser is Megabel, Lush, or it's Tzoveya, as long as you're doing it on Erev Shabbos, where it's Mutter, the Bizman HaMutter, Erev Shabbos, and by itself it's, it's finishing up on Shabbos, that's Mutter. Now it seems to be that the, the reason why it's not so clear it's Tzoveya, because some are of the opinion that dyeing is only an Isser Deraisa when you, you have a real dye that's already made, and you're using that and you're putting it into a, to a begid. Here, when you're making the, the, the water colored in order to use this to dye something else, that might not be in the category of tzoveya, and that's the part of the machlokas here. But the main thing is, because you're doing it at Erev Shabbos, it's mutter that it continues by itself on Shabbos. And that's true for all of these examples listed. It's always if you were to do this on Shabbos itself. But because you're starting on Erev Shabbos, Shari, it is permissible. Now, there's a famous question here regarding timers. What we say based on, on the first Sif in Rashan and base that just like you're allowed to start the process of the Sememanim, or the, uh, the Pishtun, or the Tzemer, you're doing so on Erev Shabbos, 
So although it's continuing by itself on Shabbos, it's not a problem. We're not mitzuvah shvisas kelim, and there's no shem yechata, so it should be mutter. Setting a time before Shabbos should be 100% permissible. So the tshuva in the Igris motion, or Achaim Chelek Dalet Simen Samech, this was dated 1977, where the question was, are you allowed to set a timer on the stove or on the oven where uh, it's set to go off, let's say, 10 a.m. Shabbos morning, and it'll cook the food. It'll be nice and fresh right before Shabbos lunch. Can you set the timer for the stove to go on on Shabbos? So Ramosha says as follows. He says, it's very different than these cases listed in the Shulchan Aruch, and they're really cases that are explicit in the Mishnah and the Gemara and Shabbos. You're allowed to place something on the stove one moment before Shabbos begins in order that it should continue cooking on Shabbos. And, and there's no iser whatsoever as long as there's no concern for Shem Yechata B'Gecholim. The reason for that is, says Ramosha, what is the malacha when it comes to bishul? So the 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 ma'isa malacha, the action is taking the pot with the raw food and putting it on the fire. That's the ma'isa malacha. So as long as that's done before Shabbos, even though it will continue cooking or baking on Shabbos, that's fine. However, if you have a situation where we don't view it as if you did the malacha yet, so for example, you have a mora sha'os, you have a timer that you set, and you program that the stove will go on, or the, the coffee maker will go on Shabbos morning. So there, the malacha hasn't really started yet. By you turning on the timer, or setting up the oven in a particular way, we don't view that as the Asiyas Malacha. He says, You're just setting it up that, that this will function, this will start working in a particular time on Shabbos. You can't say by setting up the timer, that's considered like you did the malacha. So all of these cases of either putting a pot on the stove or putting the, the flax into the, the yorah, all these cases are doing the maisa malacha before Shabbos, and it's just continuing by itself on Shabbos. Says Ramosha, when you're setting up a timer, you're not doing the etzim malacha before Shabbos. Really, we view it as the malacha itself is taking place on Shabbos. And that's a problem. Obviously, it's not a deraisa, because you're not really doing the malacha on Shabbos. But don't bring these cases as a source. This would be mutter. Ramosha says, it would make sense that based on the same reason they answered asking a non-Jew to do malacha for you, having a timer, setting a timer, would be even more schwer. That would be more of a problem. Because that's really coming from you. That's coming from your koach, indirectly. And he says, We've mentioned this in the past, that obviously, listen, the Chazal never included timers in their restriction of Amir Lakum. And therefore, So you can't learn out from the Isser Amir Lakum that it's a real Isser to set a timer. Even though in Svarah you could argue that it's actually more severe, 
But it's something that's royal esser, it's something that should be esser, for the same reason they said you can't do a merlakum, because having malacha done all around you makes malacha kal be'enov. So this is, this is the exact same svara. Maybe it's not included officially in their esser, but it's royal esser. He goes on to say there's a different problem of Zilzul Shabbos. Having Malacha happen all around in your house would be Zilusa de Shabbos. He concludes the truth by saying when it comes to setting up lights, having a timer for a light to go on or a light to go off, that, he says, there, there's a precedent that goes back hundreds of years, obviously before electricity, but uh, there were communities where they were mekel and having a non-Jew turn off the lamp or turn on the lamp, let's mitzvah, We'll see the Ramon Reisha Involve quotes the sheet of the Baal Itter. So although that's not the, the mainstream approach, but there's already a precedent for such a thing, having a non-Jew do the Malacha for you, and therefore having a timer turning off or on a lamp, that Ramosha felt comfortable with. So although we know, practically speaking, many poskim are, are more lenient when it comes to timers, and this does seem to be the, the Minig Olam, the prevalent custom is to be lenient, um, but it's, it's very important to understand from this tshuva that setting a timer is not the exact same thing as these cases in Reishan and Beis. Let's continue with Sikkot and Beis. Shel Pishtan Latanar, you're putting the flax into the oven. Afilu ein tuach bekisuo betit, even though its cover is not covered with the plaster. Afilu hachi lo chayshinan shem yegal hakisui v'yechate b'kacholim. We're not concerned you're going to take off the top and stir the coals. The cave and the ruach kosher lehen lo chayshinan shem yegaleyo. Because you know that the cold air would be bad, would be detrimental for the drying out of the flax. So there's no chashash you're going to uncover it. Unlike the case of the wool. Tzemer letoche yora. V'hikoletes hatzeva. So the tzemer is placed into this big vat in order to to become dyed, become colored. So we said, if it's on the fire itself, it's Asr, because you might stoke the coals. Even if there was time for the wool to become dyed before Shabbos starts, it's still Asr to leave it on the stove. Because you might stir it, you might stoke the coals in order to... Uh, to have it more, more substantial and, and, and get dyed quicker and better. So even though it was dyed somewhat before Shabbos, the Isra of Allah H would still apply. Sifkot and hey, Shema. So he said, even if the pot is off the fire, if it's not tuach petit, it's asr because you might stir it around. The hamegis in stirring something is considered bishul. Even though the machaber seems to equate stirring in the pot to stirring in, I'm sorry, stirring in the urine, this vat where it's there to be dyed, to stirring in a pot, it's not actually 100% the same. When it comes to kadeira food, if it's already fully cooked, there's no iser. We'll learn more about this at the end of Shinyan Ches. But when it comes to the flax, I'm sorry, the wool that's being uh, dyed in this big vat, it's asr no matter what, like we'll see in Shin Yudchas, Sif Yudchas. And therefore it's asr to put the wool into a big vat that's boiling hot, right next to, uh, right close to Shabbos, if it's not Tucha Betit. Even though it has time, 
to become died before Shabbos comes in, Shemiyagis Meshichashecha, we're still concerned you might mix it more, stir it together more once it's Shabbos. Sikot involved, Chayiv Mishum so if you stir a pot with food, you're chayiv mishum avashel. Through mixing food together, if it's not fully cooked, you're expediting the bishul, and that's an iser derais of bishul, according to many rishonim. Sifkat and zayin mitzudos chayiv. You're allowed to set up traps before Shabbos. Ubi Shabbos im hu osa kain b'shas prisaso nichnas And Shabbos, if you were to set up a trap. And as you were setting it up, let's say you're still holding on to it, an animal comes into the trap, then chayiv mishum tzayda, you're chayiv based on trapping. Now what he's doing here is explaining, setting up a trap on Shabbos, uh, and then leaving it alone and having an animal walk in an hour or two later, that would not be a violation of, of tzad midir because I'm not doing an action of trapping. However, if you're setting it up, and as you're doing so, an animal walks in, that would be the example of, uh, of say the Midiraiso. Sivkat and Ches, you're allowed to sell something to a non-Jew, and he's allowed to carry it out as long as he leaves your home before Shabbos. Ratzelomar. If there's not enough time for this, or he tells you, I'm going to pick it up from you on Shabbos, that it's even usher to sell it to him, because we don't want him walking out of your house carrying something. There has to be enough time to leave before Shabbos commences. We don't want it to look like you're instructing him to take this package outside. We spoke about this earlier on in Reish Mem Zayin. We mentioned that there's issues of Marasayin. But there's more than this. It's not just that it looks like he's doing Hotzah, Let's say there's an Erev, so there's no Hotzah happening, but there's a different issue. It might look like you sold it to him on Shabbos, or you gave it to him as a mashkon, and that's a problem as well. Based on this rationale, This would be Aser to have the Nanju walk out carrying something from your home on Shabbos, even if you're surrounded by a wall, or if you have an Erev. When it comes to selling or renting any item, even if you're surrounded by a wall in the of any Yehudi Darsham and he lives in the same neighborhood, so there's no Hotzah, he should still leave your house before Shabbos comes in, so it shouldn't look like you sold it to him or gave it to him as a mashkun on Shabbos. Sivkat and Yud, Im Yichayd, there must be some are lenient if you were to specify a place for him. Svarosam, their reasoning is, If that's his place, so it's, it's already as if it's in his home. Now it's interesting, we mentioned before, when it comes to Marasayan, it's not just what it looks like. There's a structure, there's a tsura. We mentioned before from Yeridei and Pezayin that Chal uh, of Isha was the issue of Marasayin, to have Chal of Isha with meat, but to have Chal from a behema that wasn't kosher was not Marasayin. And the Taz explained because Chal of Isha intrinsically is kosher, it's kosher by itself, and therefore it's more analogous to having something like milk and meat where they're both kosher. 
That's the Yesh Mekilin. V'yesh l'hachmer yud alef, k'desh l'lahargil en Yehudi bekach, in order the non-Jews should not become accustomed to do such a thing, carrying things out of your house on Shabbos. V'ayim b'achrom sh'eski, mudu medina e'in l'hakal b'zeh, one should not be mekel, d'kayim olam b'sivin tof mem, gam gabi chomets, d'lom mahani b'yichel l'makom, when it comes to chomets, we say that being miyachet a place for the non-Jew does not help. And also we're concerned that it looks like you're telling him to take it. The only time you can rely on this, uh, the Yesh Matirn of the Ramah, if there's a Hefzid or a Tzarech Gadol. If the non-Jew is very strong or he's aggressive and you're you're scared of him, then Yesh Lahatir Afila B'lo Yichei L'Makom, then you can be mekel, even without being miyachil amokim. Obviously, chazal would not be gozer, such a thing, if there's any concern for harm. Kosov olas tamen, nira deim hiskir esecheder l'en Yehudi, beprutish shel meshech yom meshabes, al meshech yom meshabes. Let's say you actually rented out the room to the non-Jew before Shabbos came in, then ein l'hachmer klal, no need to be machmir. Of a magen of Ram, Sharech Rodam, Kosvid, the Philip Beschiris, a cheder, and Lismuch Lahakel. But magen of Ram and others say, even renting out the room, one should not be lenient. So we've seen Sif Aleph, where we've established that you're allowed to do Malacha on Erev Shabbos, even though it's going to continue uh, and conclude on Shabbos. However, if the Malacha that's continuing on Shabbos could lead you to do Malacha yourself, there even Beis Hillel would say it's a problem. And we mentioned the discussion with timers, and we clarify that although in many situations uh, there's room to be mekel, conceptually it's a very different Shiloh than what we're discussing here in Simon Ration and Base. We'll continue tomorrow, Mitzvah Shem, with Sif Base.